You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line with me today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Good morning, Jeff. I'm doing well. Lots of crazy things going on. We should talk about them. A lot of crazy stuff. A lot of crazy stuff. So first of all, let's take a look at what's happening uh, in the economy. So firstly, we can see that the American dollar was broadly lower against other major currencies today. Uh, and Likewise, there is some information being released this morning as far as inflation. So we also saw a change within the gold market as well, too, but we'll get back to that. Likewise, the U.S. Department of Labor said the numbers of individuals filing for initial jobless benefits in the week ending May 16th rose more than expected by 10,000 to 274,000 from the previous week's total of 264,000. And then separately, the National Association of Realtors said the existing home sales fell unexpectedly by 3.3% in April to 5.04 million units from the previous month's revised total of 53 to 1 million units. So Eric, a lot of economic data being released today. What are your thoughts in terms of all this economic data that we've seen released today? Well, it's the same story. The PMIs in the US, Europe, and China were all weak pretty well. And all the Federal Reserve Bank reports were weak for the most part. Kansas City, there were three or four of them came out. They're all weak. Uh, and pointing to further weakness, I might add. I mean, it looked like May was uh, pretty sloppy. We're obviously having the effects of the uh, oil drilling uh, manifesting themselves together with, you know, there's lots of stories about how the farm economy is very, very weak. So it's going to be difficult for farmers to sort of buy the equipment that might otherwise uh, be purchased. We had Caterpillar, I think, report the 29th month in a row of declining sales. So it's just the same old story. We had an inflation number today where inflation rose, excluding food and energy, 0.3%. And of course, we've seen a big increase in gasoline prices in the U.S. over the last month, which which would suggest that inflation is running above that number for the uh, typical family. We see very modest wage growth. So when your inflation's ticking up at 0.3%, that's 3.6% annualized, and your wages are going up at one or two, you have a problem. And I think I'll state it one more time. I think the the unstated is that uh, medical bills are killing these people, and that's why uh, discretionary expenditures are falling. So it's the same old story. The economy's weak. The experiment with printing money and zero interest rates is not working anywhere in the world, and I, I don't think there's any reason to expect them to work going forward. So likewise, Eric, we saw the launch of BitGold last week. So uh, everyone's kind of been watching stock numbers, seeing how they're progressing. Obviously, they're still in a very transitional stage at this point in the business. What are your thoughts in terms of how things went last week and how things are progressing with BitGold? Sure. Well, I, I think that it could be um, transitional. It's making it very easy for the world at large, and I emphasize the word world at large, to buy gold. Uh, for example, in India... Uh, there's a big VAT tax on uh, uh, gold purchases, and perhaps uh, Indians will find this a way more convenient uh, methodology to buy gold. I find it interesting that when I look at some of the Internet statistics, right now I think the people in Spain are the most interested per capita in this, and followed by, I think, Italy is second, and India is about fourth down the line. But I can tell you that they're, the traffic to their site has been improving uh, remarkably. They were something like 100 and 
53,000 most popular website at the beginning of the week, and they're now down to, I think it's the 101st most popular. And I think and it's only been really online for a while. So you can see they're getting a lot of interest worldwide. The stocks have been a wild, crazy thing. Um, as you know, I, I'm an investor in Bitcoins, so people should uh, bear that in mind when I'm referring to it. They announced they're going to merge with a company called Gold Money that I also happen to have an interest in. Uh, so take my comments as biased, uh, but I've always had great respect for gold money, which James Turk runs, and um, he made the decision to uh, to merge with Bitgold because I think he believes that their methodology of getting to the masses and making it easy to buy gold is, is transitional here. So I will be monitoring their success in uh, moving it forward here. And of course, the reason I mention is it can help gold. If, if it's easy for people around the world to own gold, whose currencies are highly questionable. You can think of many countries with, such as Ukraine and Venezuela and Argentina and lots of countries where the currencies are always open to uh, devaluation overnight, that it's a great way for people to, uh, to store their wealth and not have it in the banking system. So it's something that I think people should uh, stay abreast of. It could certainly help the gold markets. So, Eric, moving over to Greece, we can see the ECB seems to be that parent who just can't stop lending their kid money, even though that kid hasn't paid back their previous debt. What are your thoughts on the European Central Bank continuing to lend Greece money while Greece is still in debt talks? Well, of course, I think the big fear is the fear that uh, it, it filters into the banking system. And quite frankly, it's it's so ironic that They've supported the Greek banking system for $80 billion in the last probably six months, but they're sitting arguing over whether they should support the government with $7.2 billion. I mean, the two don't even compare to each other, and pretty well every week there's more money going to the uh, Greek banking system. So it's obvious that the ECB and, and or the Troika are more concerned about the banking system than the country, uh, which is pretty well uh, what's manifested itself through all uh, central policy actions here that they're supporting the banking system, not so much the country. And whether or not, I, I suspect that they'll get bailed out somehow because they don't want to, they don't want to see what happens with a default. I would have to think that having poured 80 billion already, <laughs> what's another 7.2 billion? Now that 7.2 billion may fall back on the, the populations of those countries and be their responsibility as is seen from the 80 billion that's in the ECP. It's kind of like a non-reporting issuer, and even if there was a problem, they'll never say there's a problem and probably create some bad bankruptcies, get buried for a while. But um, it looks to me like the uh, Europeans don't want to have a Greek default, so I suspect that something will be done. But I think we can all rest assured that, you know, it's it's a bit of a basket case as far as a country goes. They have a primary deficit. I mean, if they really had to pay... The 23% on their bonds that the bond market says they're trading at today, of course, there just would be no hope at all. And it won't end, even if they do give them the 7.2 billion, they'll be chewing through that pretty fast. So it's just an example of, of how out of financial reasonableness a country can get. And they're not the only country in that position. There's lots of countries in that position. And and we, after Greece is done, uh, and then we'll, of course, face it again. But there'll be other countries that are in the same situation where the primary deficits are so high that there's no way that they can re repay debt. And uh, we now have something like $200 trillion of debt in the world. And even at these low interest rates, they can hardly afford to pay it. Imagine if we ever got back to normal rates. So 
it's the same old thing. We have a financial system that's not responsive to the supposed central planners' policies, uh, but I think those policies really are meant just to save the banking system that is massively overlevered. And somebody owns these bonds that uh, really shouldn't be trading at par, but are being valued at par. And when we all realize, given time, that the the debt can't be paid, much as we could look at the U.S. obligations, which we we know total something like 85 trillion in terms of the debt and the unfunded obligations, we know they can't be paid, but we're all kind of prepared to wait and figure out which day we all know for sure they can't be paid when there's some kind of default or change in policy towards paying the entitlement. So there's lots of countries in the same situation. So Eric, moving over to the metals market, we saw a little bit of a smash in gold this morning. Gold was up around $6, around 8.30 this morning. It was trending very well in European early mornings as the U.S. dollar was down against a basket of other major currencies. What are your thoughts in terms of the movement of gold this week, particularly from what we've seen in the smash in gold this morning? Well, you know, I think the the, the players in the market use uh, economic releases as a point when they all know it's a good time to go in and smash something. And I, I find it kind of funny that, you know, inflation was higher than expected, which normally would be positive for gold. But I guess the other side of the coin that theoretically the commercials are using is, oh, well, we may have a rate increase and therefore everyone will hate gold. Well, by the same token, everyone's supposed to like gold when there's inflation. As I suggested earlier, inflation is going to be uh, a lot higher than the 0.3 that they're talking about because energy prices have gone up and they're not included. Food prices may go crazy this summer with the drought conditions that we are seeing in the um, U.S. West and Midwest. But they, they count when people have to spend their money, even though the government doesn't count it. But it's it's a reality. And as, as I've said before, the average person now has a higher nut to pay when he when he purchases things. So it's it's um, I, it's just a, an opportunity for them to slam it and make it look like. You know, there's some bad news for gold, but there is no bad news for gold here. This uh, this too will pass. Inflation is is something that causes people to own gold rather than than not own gold. When I, I find today's move uh, counterintuitive, which is typically what they do, and they don't want people to really believe inflation is 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 something that we should be concerned about. So down they go. But the physical demand for gold is strong. Most thinking people realize we're in a a ridiculous financial Ponzi scheme that you don't want your money in a bank. You really want it out of the bank. And of course, in my mind, the primary place to put it is in uh, precious metals. So we'll see how it plays out, Jeff. We had a we had a good week going, and then it got slammed. Um, I'm not uh, losing any sleep over it. We'll we'll just have to let it play out. Excellent, Eric. Well, as usual, we always appreciate your insight here on the weekly wrap up, Eric. And we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Okay, Jeff, all the best. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprout Money News. Have a great weekend.